0: So you may have heard this yesterday on the program. We spoke with a 17-year-old girl who was looking to get into app design for the Android platform. These are her words. She mentioned nothing about waitressing or working as a lifeguard at a beach resort the summer before her senior year of high school. We heard from a number of young women on the program yesterday who are inventing their own jobs using skills that they have acquired outside of traditional educational institutions. These women seem way ahead of New York Times columnist and self-created futurologist Thomas Friedman, whose latest prognostication about the future was to say recently that the jobs of the future would be self-created and directed and invented. Duh, our next guests might say. Sasha Laundi went from teaching physics and science to high school students to working in startups. She joins us here in New York. Sasha, welcome.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. Gabe
0: Johnson grew up in a depressed timber town, worked in finance for a while and startups before launching his own community space and branding company. Gabe, welcome.
2: Hi, John. Thanks.
0: So, uh, Sasha, first of all, welcome to both of you. It's great to have you here. We want to talk about how you've invented the job that you have right now. Sasha, what would you say you've done to invent jobs over the last few years?
1: Uh, Sure. Well, first of all, I started from a viewpoint of instead of looking at available jobs to see which one of those available options I wanted, I thought about what was really important to me and what I love doing. And what I really love doing is creating things that are useful to people and creating communities and spaces and teams that produce amazing work. And so I basically just started doing those things on my own time. And it turns out that those are really valuable to a lot of people as well. And I was able to do them on a bigger scale later on.
0: And part of the things that you've invented came directly out of you trying to interact with people who could teach you about coding, discovering that most of them were male who commented on, you know, why you were showing up at meetings as opposed to wanting to collaborate with you. And you said, well, you know, I can create some collaborators on my own. And you started uh, uh, Women Who Code. And now that's just the beginning. You've moved on from there. And uh, I'm wondering how those collaborations have worked and how those invented jobs have worked for the women you've attracted into coding.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I started a group called Women Who Code out in San Francisco, and it's now got almost 3,000 women programmers in it. And it's really just a space where they can talk about code without a lot of the distractions that come with being one of less than 10 percent of women in in the programming industry And I think that's really started as a springboard for a lot of women in order to practice their technical talks before they propose to conferences, uh, practice their job interviewing skills for technical interviews and that sort of thing. So it's really been a, a safe space for them to work on skills to bring to the broader community.
0: Gabe Johnson, I spent some time in Springfield, Oregon in the 1970s and early 80s. Talk about a depressed timber town with not a lot of options. You lived that. How did you go from... Looking around you and seeing the economy as it really was and inventing your own new place in that economy
2: well, you know in a timber town it was the, it was the sign of the times it became uh, the industry became obsolete um, the, the the community didn't diversify. It wasn't trying to create a different situation for itself, even though it saw the impending truck rolling down the road of uh, the logging um, industry coming to an end. So I think that just gave me a sense of my own mortality and that you have to constantly reinvent yourself and not rest on your current situation, you know, if you want to um, develop and continue on in your career.
0: So what did you invent?
2: So um, the company I have, smart. it came from that um, seeing the death of my um, my hometown and the, the institutions that I would frequent, you know, the bowling alley and the roller skiing rink. Um, uh, the the business, I go around the country and I visit small um, businesses in local communities. And uh, if they have really good artwork, we license that artwork and we put it on a t-shirt and we sell it with their story and we sell it around the world. So it could be a donut shop. It could be a tattoo parlor. It could be a crab shack. Um, If it has a good story and a good piece of artwork, we'll sell that to people that kind of collect that um, Americana artwork on fashion. Um, And when we sell the t-shirt, that business gets part of the money. So We're, you know, we're killing a couple birds with one stone. We're promoting their business. We're putting money back in their pocket. We're giving something, uh, the customer something to identify with from a fashion standpoint um, and kind of tricking them into be locally conscious through um, fashion.
0: But this goes beyond just the pretend localism of, say, an Applebee's uh, chain restaurant. This is real stuff and you've attracted real retailers.
2: Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, it's back to that people being more conscious about where they're spending their money and there's a confluence of trends happening with the pervasiveness of the Internet people being, again, more conscious about how they're spending their money. So we're doing a program with Nordstrom where in their stores nationally we'll have local regional marks in small towns in those regions. So we're not just finding the, the most popular places in places like San Francisco and Seattle. We're going to the outlying areas and finding that mom-and-pop shop that's been there for three generations that has a really good story to tell. And it's that piece of Americana that people that are, are identifying with, even in the larger metropolitan areas. So that's it's a the- uh, been a great program for everybody. It's
0: Gabe Johnson out in Seattle. So, Sasha Lundy, um if people are listening and thinking, I can't get into this invent-your-own-job business here. This is for, you know, these young, energetic-sounding people, not me. What do you say to that?
1: Uh, I think it's really a question of mindset and resourcefulness, and uh, I think a lot of people look at career changers and say, like, oh, I could never do that. That looks really hard because they see the end result. They don't see all of the little steps that it took to get there. Um, Before I made my career change from teaching into startups, I spent a year networking and talking to people, and it was really one conversation at a time, and it it became obvious to me that it was a great decision, and it wasn't scary by the time I made the leap.
0: All right, so let me put both of you on the spot right now, Gabe and Sasha. Are you with me here? Yeah. Um, It seems to me that the collective expertise of the two of you suggests there might be a conversation you could have about, uh, uh, tell me more about your business. So what could I do for you? What could you do for me? Could you have that conversation here on the radio?
2: Um. Yeah. Actually, we probably could. I huh. mean, I think you know, Sasha's. She's trying to. She's creating local community and um. You know, bringing people together, and that's kind of what we're doing. We we tell the stories of local businesses. We tell the stories of people that are trying to do their own thing, um, and again, promoting that out to the rest of the world. Everybody wants to identify with it. So I think we could actually work together.
0: So Sasha, I sense there may be an app in what Gabe is doing. Can you draw that out of him a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. How how are you using the internet to get your message out and reach new people?
2: Well, it's really interesting because um, everybody knows of a place. Everybody knows of a hamburger shack or a skating rink or bowling alley um, that they knew when they grew up or in their local community. And what we're trying to pull that out of them so we can go to that place and create that shirt. So, really, what we want to do to people is get them to have a conversation with us through photos of a, a t-shirt they found or a piece of signage. Get that into our hands. We'll do the legwork and we'll produce that t-shirt on their behalf and you know for all of the, for all of our customers. So, we're really just trying to pull out that um, those nuggets of information from all the individuals that interfe- um, interact with us online.
0: I'm hearing an Instagram-like platform for local yeah. commercial art, Sasha, are you?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. All right,
0: sounds good. Though before all the patents and the lawyers get involved here, <laughs> we, we want to thank you for uh, for being involved. Sasha Londi is the founder of Women Who Code. Gabe Johnson runs his own community space and branding company called Horses Cut Shop. Gabe, I've got a suggestion you should check out, all right? The hamburger yep. joint that was my favorite place. Uh, yeah. Actually, Hot Dog Joint in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I think it still exists. Oh, great. It's called Yester Dog. Okay? <laughs> awesome. I think, I think they have art and a T-shirt possibility. You should, you should contact them. I'm going to. I'll do it today. Thanks, John. All right. Uh, Gabe Johnson and Sasha Londi, thanks so much. Thank you.
2: You bet. Thanks for having me. On Notes from America, we have conversations with people across the country about how we can truly become the nation that we claim to be. Each week we talk about race, our politics, education, relationships, usually all of them because everything's connected and you, our listeners, are at the center of those conversations. I'm Kai Wright. Join me on Notes from America wherever you get your podcasts.